generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited, and of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Over a year ago, I was in bondage. Now I'm back out here reaping the blessings and getting the benefits that go along with everything that's out here for kings like us. The reason why we like this, this jewelry and this diamonds and stuff, and they don't understand, is because we're really from Africa, and that's where all this stuff comes from, and we originate from kings. Welcome in, you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. Shit, I didn't realise that song took so long to get to the point where it says, fuck with me, you know I got it, but uh, I couldn't help myself, I wanted to hear that bit. Before I ripped into this, that is a tune from a long time ago, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, if you want to dig that one out, uh, it's good to get you cranking. I hope you're having a great start to 2023, I haven't had a drink since the 1st of January, I'm feeling pretty good, I've been at the beach this week, which has been nice. Clients are kind of easing back into it by the seams. Business owners are getting back uh, back to work and starting to put their head down. So there's been a bit more inquiry and questions and stuff. But I do think that this week coming up, which will be the uh, 16th of January, it will really start to explode. I already noticed last week that just a lot more emails about, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this this year. Could you partner with me? And, and heaps of different things. And... Some things look like opportunities and some don't and I've had to practice over the years getting better at trying to figure out what to say no to and I always find it interesting that people start off with such a hiss and a roar at the start of the year but I um, you know, I get it because I've gone through waves of that and I think it's just it's ingrained in us right to do that whole new year, new me, I'm going to do things differently this year like I'm going to hit the ground running and the thing is, like, can you keep that up? Can you sustain it? And most people will drop off and they won't be able to handle the no's, the rejections. They won't see the results fast enough and so they'll they'll quit and they'll sort of forget. And it all starts again next January, right? And we've all been there. We've all done these things. That's why we spoke about last week about habits and things. And this is a good reminder before we get into this week's topic, which isn't really to do with habits, but go back and look at last week because there's a high chance that you've already sort of dropped off of the bandwagon of what it was that you were wanting to to get through um, in, in 2023. And we have to learn how to delay gratification and, and, and understand that things are going to take time to happen for us. And a number of the things that I've worked on, they happen way slower than I sort of think that they will. 
Uh, I like to operate at speed, but I've just come to understand that that's not really how the the, the world works. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk to people working on a project, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this has been three years in the making and stuff," and you think, "Wow, you know, that's what did you do for the last three years? Can you even remember the last three years? It's crazy what it actually takes to sort of get." traction and break that valley of disappointment that we spoke about last week and actually see things start to move. Now this week we're going to be talking about unemployment and I think that we're going to be talking about this more later on this year and it's going to be uh, the word that, that keeps popping up and there's, there's a lot of confusion for people that they'll message keep the change and say I don't get it why are we trying to get people to be unemployed to slow down inflation that just seems weird what a fucked up system where we want people to lose their jobs in order to be able to slow down and cool the economy. Um, but really, unemployment is a, is a byproduct of the conditions of the economy and the market, and that is then what we see happening in the market. So you could argue the same thing. Oh, we, you know, what, why did house prices go up in a time where the world was shut and COVID was here and the pandemic was here and we were all uncertain about what was going on. Why was everyone buying houses? You know, again, it's a byproduct of the settings that we're living in. And now the settings are changing and those are higher interest rates, uh, inflation still here, a slowing economy. The I think it's the, the World Bank or the International Monetary Fund saying they expect a third of the world to be not growing over the next 12 to 24 months and expecting and being in some form of recession. So we're all being told that the settings have completely changed. No, stop spending, please. And a byproduct of that is obviously then a slowdown in spending, a slowdown in profits, uh, increase in cost due to interest and due to wages going up and margins being squeezed. And so the the t-shirt that would maybe make $50 if it was sold is only making $30 now, but then that's not enough to cover the the rent and all the different things that are going on and um, for, for a business. And so we can't hire that extra person or we maybe we'll just put that person back to part-time or maybe we'll just we'll lay that person off. I spoke to a person in a hair salon recently and they said they've gone from doing about 25 hours on the tools, doing the, the hair cutting and whatnot, back to 35 to 40 hours a week because they just can't find the staff to do it. And so it, it's very confusing. You know, we're talking about we want to create an, an unemployment. We need to increase that. We're at record lows. But like, why would we want to do that? It seems so bizarre. But then you've got business owners saying, I can't find any people. And so I think that the settings are changing, but it's not here yet. And we know that interest rates going up, that's really going to impact us later on this year. And I think we want to be mindful to squeeze this first six months of the year so that we're victors and not victims. And one thing I'm always trying to do with Keep the Change is try and encourage you guys to stay a little bit ahead of the market so that you're in a better position to look after yourself than people who have got their heads buried in the sand. They want to play, the, oh, how could this happen to me? I can't, this is bullshit. You know, look what this government did or my employer's an asshole, et cetera, et cetera. I want those things to happen. And yes, they are rough for people to go through, but you look at them and you're like, okay, well, I can make sense of that. I can see why that's happened. It's not a big surprise to you, and hopefully you can avoid it happening to happening to you. Uh, but even if it does, you'll find ways to be able to continue to get through. And you may even use this next six, six months, six months, to give yourself a little bit of a buffer. So let's dig into it. The unemployment rate is your friend. Now, unemployment is at a record low in New Zealand at the moment. It's currently, is that puberty for me? I think I just cracked a high. It's currently at 3.3% and historically sits between 45 to 5.5%. 
So it's a good 1% to 2% lower than what it normally is. Now that means that businesses are crying out for workers. The talent pool is reduced as most people are flat out in their role. Interestingly, we are hearing stories of businesses laying people off, but I'm not hearing the other side where people are saying they can't find work. Now what I mean by this is that I'll have clients say to me, um, oh, I was talking to so-and-so and they've, you know, they've let six of their staff go. I'm like, oh really? I'm like, yeah, then we spoke to this person, they've let some people go as well. And I'm hearing heaps of those stories but not necessarily our clients directly. It's always a story of someone they know. But I'm like, oh, well, so what's happened with those stuff? Oh, well, they this one ended up back at the council. Oh, this one got a job, you know, uh, overseas. Oh, this one ended up working for this person. And there's no sort of, yeah, fuck, there's 15 people that don't have a job. There's still work to go to. So that's where it's really confusing. Um, we're at this kind of point where... Even if people do let people go out of their jobs, they're then moving to somewhere else in the economy. And we spoke about this a long time ago where a recession or a move in the market is designed to reallocate resource to where it's going to be more efficient or better used, so to speak. And I know not everyone will like that terminology because like, you shouldn't talk about humans like that, but literally that, that's what it is, right? And you could even uh, apply the same thing to a, um, a digger, for instance. Now, let's say a digger is building some massive swimming-type area that everyone can go to, and it's all for the wealthy people. Uh, is that a good example? You yeah, fuck it, let's just go over it, right? So all for the wealthy people. And then everyone decides like, oh, no, nah, I don't want to live in that area. I'm not going to go there anymore. And so then there's no point in actually building this swimming area because it's not going to get used. So there's a digger sitting in that site and it's like, well, actually, that's going to be better allocated to go down to another area of the country or in the region and help finish that road that we're trying to build to get people moving through or whatnot. So when the market changes you see a reallocation of where people and assets and equipment and resources are deployed. And they usually go to where they're going to get treated best. Is this making any sense? Just like you, you'll want to go to where you're going to get treated best. Just like money, you think, oh, shit, I'm only earning 2% interest in the bank at the moment. This sucks. I, saw, I heard my mate got uh, made $20,000 on the on the share market, so I'm going to put some of my money into the share market, or, oh, everyone's buying property, it seems like everyone's making money, I'm going to go allocate my money over there, rather than putting my money in a term deposit, because that's boring and it sucks, so you're going to move resources to where they're treated best, right? And so, what we see is that some of these businesses may be starting to struggle or creak a little bit, but instead of hiring someone again to replace that person they're like let's just try and do this ourselves some people they're forced to because they can't find anybody but other people are like well actually I'm just going to keep a bit of money in the business I don't know if we can afford to have that extra person but then that person can still go elsewhere into the economy and find another job and are most probably being redeployed or deployed back to an area where they're better needed in the economy so a good way again to look at this would be all the people that flooded to working in a real estate market because everyone was selling houses and stuff those those people are all being they might be losing their job so to speak in real estate but they're probably choosing like actually this is a bit harder now it sucks I'm going to get out and get into a different area they're being deployed to another area of the economy where they're actually still needed or there is a better use for their time. So hopefully that helps you understand it a little bit more as well. But everywhere I go, no matter what type of business I speak to, they just say to me, like, I just can't find staff. And this is across every single industry. This is still happening. You think that this was going on when 
um, you know, there was COVID and all that sort of shit. Like it's still happening and it's early January 2023. So how long will this last for? I'm not too sure. So what we do know is for those who want to work, perhaps they're finding another job quite quickly, as we've just explained. I guess we'll have to keep an eye on the unemployment rate going forward because it's expected to rise. So where the hell is this unemployment going to come from then? Well, I had to read ASB's latest quarterly economic forecast because I was thinking about this from what I understand, and that's mostly what I've just explained to you in this last 10 minutes. Now I'm thinking, well, what, what else is the explanation for why unemployment is going to rise? So I dug into one of ASB's quarterly economic forecasts, uh, which historically they always get wrong anyway, so take this with a grain of salt. But their chief economist, Nick Tuffley, I think his name is, says it's going to come mainly from a growing population missing out on work while job creation stalls in a weak economy. I thought, oh, fuck, that's really interesting. Okay, growing population, I'm thinking like, how long is this? So are we talking increasing unemployment over a long time. I thought we wanted this to happen quite quickly. So then I'm starting to think, okay, maybe it's a longer term type thing and we've got plenty of time before unemployment increases, but missing out on work while job creation stalls in a weak economy. So that what that means is that people are going to stop creating jobs because they're like, oh shit, the economy doesn't seem to be humming. I don't know if I want to hire that person. I might do some of this myself. So the job creation slows down. And then, we will touch on this later, but I got sent an example of somebody who was struggling to pay their mortgage. Now, they, well, not yet, but they're about to because interest rates have gone up and they're sort of like, well, I can't believe what our mortgage repayment's going to be. This is bullshit. We're not going to be able to cover this until my wife comes back into the workforce in September 2023. So I would like to know whether the bank will put us onto interest-only payments. And I thought, wow. Okay, if I go back to what Nick from ASB is saying, he's saying, coming from a growing population, missing out on work while job creation stalls in a weak economy. So by September, this person may go try to go back into the workforce after maternity leave and find, oh, their old job doesn't exist or there aren't any other opportunities or job creation, in his words, has stalled in a weaker economy, which kind of makes sense. And I do wonder... Okay, so as we have interest rates going up and things are getting more expensive, people that may not be having to work yet due to costs being so low because interest rates have been so low and people have been able to service their mortgages, um, where there may be a, a, a partner at home not working, they might be thinking, well, I'm going to go back out there and get another job, which is effectively like the total population of people wanting to work or needing work will increase but then the jobs just aren't there for them. But that's one example, right? And you would say, well, hang on, but if that person's going into work, you'd have to say on the other side, there's probably someone having a child that's then coming out of the workforce as well, and then someone's got to step into their role, which could be the case as well. But what do we know? Well, we know that as costs increase, people will fight harder to get to keep the things that they've got rather than work hard to get the things that they do want. So what that means is that that person in that example before whether it be a true example or not, they are going to, they're not going to want to lose their house. So they're like, well, the bank need to put us in interest only until we go back to work. If the bank say no, they're going to go, well, what's our next solution? But their solution for them is probably that both of them need to be working and generating an income because they want to keep their property. So that is, I guess, one way where people are, we're going to see more people coming into the workforce because they know, well, shit, I can't stay at home any longer or I can't survive on this 20 or 30 grand side hustle a year for me or whatnot, like I'm going to have to go back to work because the cost of living and the cost of debt and the cost of mortgages 
etc. is increasing and the way we have been living may not cut the mustard for being able to pay for some of those things. So I don't think those are going to create massive changes to who is and isn't working, but it's a good example of how some of these things work. Now, the cost of labor, wages and salaries has increased significantly, which increases a business's operating costs, and eventually these businesses get to the point where they just can't afford to hire any more. Now, what that means is that you and I, we've been going out there saying, hey, Inflation is here. I've learnt about this through Keep the Change and through the media. They keep pumping it down my throat and they told me it was going to be transitory. But really, they lied and they were full of shit. And so I want a pay rise. Give me more cash so that I can still maintain the life that I want. And you've been given that pay rise and everyone's talking about it. And so it's kind of like, as an employee, you can't hide from that and be like, no, we're not giving you a pay rise. You sort of, people have been forced to almost by the conditions of the market. Again, uh, for a lot of people, the reason their wages have been going up is not because they've got any better at their job or they've become more valuable. Perhaps they've become more valuable in the fact that there's scarce resource, i.e. people willing to work. But the market condition has meant inflation. So then the, in turn, the byproduct is people saying, I want my pay to go up so that I can still continue to live the life that I want. But of course, that pushes up the cost of wages and salaries. And so if sales start to decrease because the market's tightening up, then you can't necessarily cover all of those input costs anymore with all those people. You know, you might have five people working because the store was so busy over the last two years, but now it all drops off and it's like, fuck, why have we got uh, old Joan working in the corner there when really we only need four of us? Hmm, if we have all five of us working for the next two weeks, you know, or next month, or, or if we carry on down this path, we're not actually going to be profitable. So what we're saying here is that the cost of labour, wages and salaries are increasing uh, which has increased significantly too, increases the business's operating costs and eventually these businesses get to the point where they just can't afford to hire anymore. So then they stop hiring and they also may lay people off because they're just not profitable. And if you're not profitable, something really shit happens to a business and that is that everybody suffers because you have to shut the business down. So then everybody loses their job, etc. So, you know, as much as we beat up on business owners and stuff, small business owners, 97% of businesses in New Zealand have less than 20 staff. Only 3% of businesses in New Zealand have over 20 staff. So if you work in an environment where there's over 20 staff, you're in the 3% of businesses in the country. Now, of those 97% of businesses with less than 20 staff, they contribute to a quarter, uh, quarter to the, the annual GDP. And often their house is on the line. So if they're not profitable, if shit's going backwards, they know that if they can't pay their debt back to the bank in the business sense or if things are going to tip over, they could potentially lose the money in their house. That is sort of the the way that the system as such works in, in terms of trying to get lending in this country. If you're borrowing against a property, there's a high chance you can get it. If you're borrowing against the fact that you could be good at business, it's going to be a lot more expensive and it's a lot harder to get. So hence again why property just continues to be the thing that people do. Uh, in this country because it has been the favourable thing that is very safe and underpinned by uh, the conditions set at a tax level, at a government level and at a bail bailout level from the governments and that's why you can look at any uh, graph and you'll see that the price of houses has always continued to rise for the last fuck knows how long so that means that banks are then happy to lend against it businesses can run off the back of the equity in their property but you know as these things start to turn it becomes very scary so if you see people having to let staff go and whatnot, don't just think about you, about that person. Think about what could be driving that and what could be going on in the head for that business owner. Um, I've, I'll tell you, you know, time and time again, we see business owners delay letting staff go because they just they feel so bad about it. But I think the 
the the narrative that's portrayed is that business owners are assholes. They're you know they're all in it for themselves. They're greedy. They um, you know they don't care about people and all of that sort of shit. But from what I've observed in my career working with smaller business owners, definitely in that twenty less, twenty or less or fewer, I think is the terminology. Staff members, they are so fucking shit scared of letting go, letting go of people. They can't sleep at night. They feel so bad. They carry that weight for months. They wait for way too long to actually do it. They then do it, and often the employee will be like, "Oh, okay, that's all good. Like I got a job for them anyway." Or, or you know, two months later. They might have finished the battle of, oh, I found out that, that employee that we let go, they badmouthed all of us at the pub and, oh, I just can't believe it. And all of that stuff eventually just, just washes over because people carry on with their lives. So if uh, things change for you, don't just, don't fall to that like victim, oh, I can't believe this is bullshit, you know. Don't just try and see it from your side, like see what else you can see in the situation going on. If one of your friends lose some work or their job, etc., try and look at what's happening rather than get caught emotionally by um, what happens. And I read a good book recently and it basically, it was saying how we don't get taught how to think and we don't get taught how to react. And so that means that we basically just get told what we have to think and we also don't, when these things happen to us or our friends, we just react because we haven't taught ourselves to step back and go, oh, what else could be at play here? And that's why having friends from different angles is always so much fun because you might have three friends who you talk about some situation, you're like, that's complete bullshit. And then you've got that one mate in the group. It's like, well, hang on here. Hang on for a second. Like, I don't understand how they didn't realize that this was going on or whatnot. And everyone's got like a different um, perspective, right? And that comes from our upbringings and the way that we're thinking about reacting to different situations. Jeez, really getting deep today, aren't we? So anyway, back to it. The cost of labor is going up. We know that, right? But that's not what we are seeing when speaking to business owners in terms of, well, costs are going up. I'm not going to hire anymore. They, they are more on the other side going, I'm happy to hire. I just can't fucking find the right person. And this can be across engineering, uh, the hair salon before, like just about every business, you name it. So I don't think it's really slowed down yet. People are still wanting to hire. Uh, and they're hungry to hire too, but they just can't find the right people. So perhaps there's still a big lag between the environment that the Reserve Bank is hoping to create and the reality that is out there today. Now, we were told to decrease our spending, but at Christmas time, Christmas Eve, and Boxing Day sales beat records. People didn't listen, did they? Most people make changes when they're forced to, so we have a long way to go. Whilst businesses and employers are screaming out for workers, remember that you can use this to your advantage. So let's, this is when we're starting to get into well, what the fuck does this mean for me? And what do you mean unemployment is my friend? Well, this could be your chance to get some extra income in the next six months, if this is your goal. Use your social media accounts to offer your time. Oh, cringe, Luke, I don't want to post on my social media saying that I want to make some more money. Like, people are going to think that I'm greedy and I'm yuck and oh, I'm too scared to do that. Get over it. We've talked about that before. Now, this is if you want to do some extra work and get some extra cash. Uh, but of course, you know, often people will only do this when they're forced to. But you don't want to do it when you're forced to. You want to try and do things ahead of actually needing to or being forced to. So uh, people 
need resource, i.e. you, i.e. I, they need our time to be able to help out in their businesses and that means that we can make some cash from it. So it could be helping out a seasonal business over summer. It could be a few hours of work on a weekend. It could be helping a smaller business with some writing, marketing, design, advertising, HR, financial skills, a bit of haircutting perhaps for that hair salon that we mentioned before. What about relief milking? A few deliveries, you know, who knows? There's so much out there that people need done and they can't find the people to do it. Now many small smaller businesses cannot afford to hire full-time staff members. So they don't just list jobs on Seek or Trade Me. So what I mean there is they, so many business owners, you've seen before uh, earlier that the stat is that 97% of businesses have less than 20 staff. They don't want a full-timer. It's too scary for them. They're freaking out. They're like, oh, I don't know if I can afford a full-timer, but I'd love five or 10 hours extra a week in this sort of area. So they won't list a job on Trade Me or Seek. They'll just hope. They'll just hope that someone will come along one day and go, hey, are you looking for five hours of marketing help a week? And they go, well, bye. By God, how did you know? Yes, I have been for the last three years. And they'll just hope that that person falls into their lap. And as we've learned before, just like you, they'll forget to ask. They'll be too scared to ask and they won't put it out there. And so then it won't come to them. So they're relying on hope. And we know that hope isn't a very good strategy. So they use uh, word of mouth to hope that someone will come along willing to do five to ten hours. And often what they'll do is they'll tell you know, their, their customers and stuff like, oh, fuck, if only we could get someone to do this for five or 10 hours a week. And then every now and then one of those customers goes like, oh, well, my friend or oh, well, my friend's daughter or my friend's son uh, could do that. And they go, oh, we'll tell them to come in for a yarn. And that's how bloody Joan or whoever ended up being employed for five or 10 hours a week. So what you want to do is you want to reverse that and you want to go, well, I've got five or 10 hours a week or whatever it is. And you might reverse it by, okay, how much cash do I want to make extra per week? What, uh, how many hours could that take me? Um, or, or even just if it's $200, then it could be that someone's willing to pay you $50 and it could be one or two relief milkings that you've got to do to get that 200 bucks. But you can sort of try and figure out what is it that you want and then what may you have to do to do it. Because I know that not everyone is going to want to do extra work. They'll say, well, that's, you know, what what's the point of um, working? That's bullshit. You know, I've done my whole full-time job and now you're saying go out and do some extra stuff on the weekend. Like I said before, if you want to, but try and do this stuff whilst you need to, not when you are forced to, or like when you want to do it, uh, or, or get in control of it rather than, oh fuck, now I have to because my hours got scaled back at work or whatnot, because then you're going to do it, aren't you? Then you're definitely going to do it. So you can deliber- deliberately get in front of these types of people that need you by using your social networks, saying things like, I have a bit of spare time I can use to help a business owner struggling to find staff. Passes on to anyone you know. Does anyone need a hand in their business? Question mark. I have a bit of time. If you have something for me to, to work on, drop me a line. And you'll be surprised what sort of work you will be able to pick up and what will come to you. Now, another good hack is you go, well, I've got four Facebook friends and actually I'm socially, oh, I was going to say something really bad. I don't think you can say, oh, fuck, I'll say it. You know, I'm like socially retarded or something like that, but I don't think you can say that, so apologies. But you might be like, oh, I can't, you know, I'm like, I'm not wired that way or I'm too scared to put that on my Facebook or people are going to, my friends are going to laugh at me, all of that stuff, or I don't have a following or I don't even have that. Go on to Facebook, go into Facebook groups. There'll be a community Facebook group in your area, wherever you live in the country and post it into there. Does anyone need a hand in their business? I have a bit of time. If you have something for me to work on, drop me a line. I know that you're struggling for people at the moment and people will send you a direct message and off you go. So you don't have to be some extroverted freak like me or willing to put yourself out there or do anything crazy. You just have to literally copy and paste this text that I've got in this email and go and post it into a Facebook group and see what people send you. You might not want to do what they're 
suggesting that you do, but you may not have a choice. Uh, for some of you, you might not necessarily need to do this, but you could do it in order to see what opportunities there are and you might realise, oh, actually, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit of that. That would be quite good to learn some of those skills as well and be able to add them to your repertoire of being an absolute weapon that you might be able to call on later on in life if you need to uh, or to be able to add to your CV. So don't let the fact that you're not real confident or extroverted or uh, got a massive following stop you. Like find pockets of audiences and go and offer things. I saw someone the other day doing the reverse of this saying, hey, I need someone to help me do some social media marketing for 10 hours a week for a couple of businesses that I'm working on. Can you please drop me a line and tell me what you've done, what your experience is? And by the time I looked at it, I think it'd been up for two hours, and they put it into a Facebook group. There's like 20 comments. People like, I've dropped you a message. Hey, I've sent you a message. Hey, I'll be more than happy to help with this. So there's people out there that are still willing to transact right. And Often I think we forget that it can be so simple to do some of these things. And you've got two hands and a willingness to work. That means you can create more money for yourself because you're going to be valuable to someone because people need you at the moment. Now the urgency and necessity to get work done may surprise you as to what they're willing to pay. So that's what I mean before when you might get paid $30 an hour or 25 or whatnot, but you might find that someone's like, oh, are you yeah, okay, you're happy to come work for us for four hours on the weekend. Yeah, I'll give you 200 bucks because it's working at this event or this one-off thing that they're doing and they can't find anyone to do it. And so necessity and urgency for them is going to be worth more than what your self, uh, what, what you think you're worth because, well, in my job, I get paid $30 an hour. So, you know, I thought they'd pay me $30 an hour. So don't let your view of yourself by your current environment that you're in also limit what you could get paid by some of the things that are going to be needed of you when there is a shortage of uh, resource in the market because urgency and necessity may increase the value of you and what you can then ask for. So also don't forget that the role you are currently in may have opportunities for overtime or extra shifts. Asking is your friend. Most of us are too scared to ask because we still suffer from rejection anxiety from the boy or girl that was never going to go to the school dance with us anyway. Let's be fucking honest. We're still holding on to it. Oh, they didn't want to go to the dance with me. They'll never fucking go to the dance with you anyway. Get over it. Remember that the true impact of these rising interest rates won't be felt until later in the year and there will be people currently not working because they can make ends meet, but higher interest rates and mortgage repayments will see them return to the labor force. Now, we spoke about that in depth earlier on. In six months' time, you'll be competing with more people looking for work and extra cash. Use the first six months of 2023 to your advantage. Stay ahead of the economy. Now, I can just about guarantee I can write about this in September and pull this old email about it and be like, did you do it? Look look where we are now. So I'm trying to give you a heads up of where things are going and how you might be able to protect yourself. You're one of over 6,750 recipients. Do you know someone you could forward this to or share this with? Did you know the unemployment rate is expected to hit 5.5% by 2024? So that is, I think it was the middle of 2024, a year and a bit away. At the moment, it's 3.3%. They're expecting it to go to 5.5, so it's going to increase by 2%. That pulls a number of people out of the workforce that potentially, are, uh, we're being told, aren't going to be able to find a role. Now, that data is from Treasury New Zealand, so it's not something I've made up. That is some real government-type shit. Someone's got a job to figure that out, and perhaps if we get a decent algorithm, we could get that person who does that job and reallocate them to somewhere they could be better used in the economy as well rather than writing stats that they continue to get wrong in their treasury reports that boring people like myself dig out and have a read 
and then look back and go, shit, this is way different to the figure they projected only six months ago. But anyway, I shouldn't keep ragging on the people that come up with these projections because it's very hard to get these things right, especially in a very fast-changing world. Now, I hope you have enjoyed that. That has been the second Money Mail of 2023. I hope you've had a great start to the year. We're going to look at some ways to add some extra income because I know a few of you are new around here and you wouldn't have had some of the information that the others have had that have been following for longer. So we'll dig into that. And that, again, will be another way to help protect us from costs going up and things. We're staying on this theme because we're still here, and that's the sort of world that we're living in, and I want people to be looked after and be able to look after themselves. Be good out there. Please give this a follow, a like, a subscribe, a share, anything like that. It will help this content get in front of more people. I want to try and help 100,000 Kiwis get better at their financial literacy. And if you subscribe to this on Apple or Spotify or leave a review, there's a high chance that those platforms are going to put this in front of even more people and they'll get learning as well. Now, I've had people messaging recently saying, well, I've just come across your podcast. I can't believe there are so many and I hadn't heard about this before. I can't believe how many um, reviews you've got. So that is all thanks to you guys out there who continue to add a review. There's 462 well, it's not five stars, 4.9 stars on Spotify that I'm looking at. But 462 people have left a review. That's fucking cool. We'd love to double that by the end of the year. Maybe even get it over 1,000. That'd be a pretty cool target for me. All right, new goal added for 2023. How are we going to get 538 more reviews on the podcast? I'm going to need your help. That's the answer. Be good. See you next week. But we the black mom, we going to set it. Peel off in a Lamborghini cone tie. 200 in the dash, you're going to rev it. Lucky Luciano, it's what they call me, Paisano. A hundred keys at the Pigano. Place across the Varizano. El Pino, in the villa in Venice, and Vino. Not bad for Muliano. Y'all know, like we know. I got it. Fuck me, you.